All right, here we go. My name is Jeff Kay, and you're listening to episode 192 of the world famous West Virginia Surf Report podcast. you guys doing? I hope you're doing well. I'm doing okay. It's the last day of my vacation. I took two days. It's the first two days of paid time off PTO that I've used in 2021. I had some uh, floating holidays. They give you like three, I think. So I used those up. So this isn't my first de- first time off. But it's, you know, it's the first time I had to dip into my uh, PTO bucket. So I haven't, you know, we're almost halfway through the year, and I've taken almost no time off. So anyway, I took two days off. Tony's in Myrtle Beach. She's on her way back today. In fact, I left my phone on in case she needs to reach me. Um, she's already at the airport. She's drinking a margarita. <laughs> she just sent me a picture of this giant margarita. So anyway, um, she'll be um, she'll be home tonight, which is good. I missed her. I don't like when she's not home. It feels like the whole house is off kilter. When I leave, you know, it's not off-kilter at all. When she leaves, kilter is way off. I mean, you can't, there's no way to adjust that that kilter. But anyway, she'll be home tonight. So uh, if you hear any chirping, it's because I left my phone on. And I, if she needs to reach me, I want to be able to, I want to be reachable. You know what I'm saying? Last night we watched a um, documentary about Shane McGowan, me and the uh, younger boy. It was on Hulu. It's brand new. just came out. Brad Pitt has something to do with it. I think he financed it or something, or he partially financed it. It's called Crock of Gold. And, um, you know, Shane McGowan, he's a lead singer of a band called The Pogues, 80s, 90s, Irish-slash-punk band. They played, you know, punk music, sort of, but with a traditional Irish approach to it. You know, Irish music is wild shit and he 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 was a great songwriter and i put that in the past tense because i don't know if he's writing to me songs now but he was he was a great songwriter and i always like one of his albums or one of the pogues albums is called rum sodomy and the lash great title masterpiece and then he you know he has that song that christmas song uh fairy tale in new york which is every hipster in the world claims to uh claims it's the best christmas song ever it's a great song. I mean, it is. So anyway, um, so they made a documentary about him, and it just came out. It's on Hulu, and um, it's pretty interesting and sad. The guy's, like, destroyed himself with drink, you know. The guy's just a—I mean, he's, like, not that much older than I am, maybe, like, five years older than me. And he's just, like, sitting in a wheelchair. He's, like, all slumped to one side, can barely talk. He's a mess, you know. And um, it's because of the drinking, like crazy ass drinking all his life. Guy's a mess. A guy can't write a song. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I don't know. But um, anyway, it's it's a story about his life. It's pretty interesting. Growing up in Ireland with this big family, he said he was started drinking at six years old. Six. You know, it's, it's a wild story. It's a, it takes it all through the the Pogues and the 
Beyond, you know. So it's a good movie if you're interested in it. It's not, it's not really uplifting because he's a mess, you know. And I hate to seem like that, but um, I saw the Pogues once in uh, Atlanta right when I moved there. I think 1989, probably, like late 89, I saw them at this place called Center Stage. And, um, you know, I think they kicked him out shortly after. I mean, if you get kicked out of the Pogues for drinking too much, Mr. That's what they were all about. They were a boozy band, and he got kicked out for being too boozy, which is quite an accomplishment. I think he was dabbling in other things, too. So I saw the Pogues in 89. He got kicked out of the—they kicked his ass out, and then he went off and started another band called the Popes. (laughs) And in that movie, he said, these guys were my employees— you know, I was—I didn't have to listen to them like in a band setting. These guys worked for me, and they played the music. I wrote the music, and they played it well. You know, he was like, "I like that better. It's a better setup." So I also saw the Popes, Shane McGowan and the Popes, in Atlanta, and I got a poster signed by him. I, I waited outside like some kind of groupie. Out by the—I've uh, never done this before. This is the only time I ever did. I had these posters. I was with this. I was with this girl that I worked with at a, at, a, at a bookstore. We went to this thing, and I had two posters that I got from work because he had a record out on um, Warner Brothers. It was called The Snake. Man, that thing's good. <laughs> that shit's crazy. But anyway, it was Shane McGowan and the Popes. We went to this thing. We saw the show, and then afterwards we stood out by his bus like a pair of groupies try to get him to sign these posters that I had. So he signed them both. And uh, mine said, mine says, fuck off. That's how he signed it. Fuck off, Shane. You know? And hers, I don't know, something, that, it was something else. It was something like lick my shaft or something. It was something ridiculous. It was like something sexual and aggressive, you know? So um, so that thing's great. It's one of my prized possessions. Anyway, I watched that last night. Not really uplifting. I mean, that guy's like, I mean, God, too much, you know? Uh, he destroyed himself. The guy's like in his early 60s or something. And the guy's like destroyed. God. Anyway, if you're interested in that, it's called Crock of Gold. It's on Hulu. And you can, or you can just buy it from Amazon or whatever, but um, it's out right now. So I watched that last night. It's pretty long. It's about two hours. Brad Pitt's in it. I don't know. He's trying to act like he's like Shane, too. He's like drinking and, you know, eh, I don't like that. But anyway, eh, recommended. Um, Also, before I get into the main subject here, I won $50 in the $10 scratch off project this weekend. I um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I I bought the ticket. I brought it home and I, I I scratched it off. And I'm like, I lost again. I lost four or five weeks. I think it was five weeks in a row. I was minus seventy. You know, I was down seventy bucks. I scratched it off. Scratched off every number. And I was like, I lost again. I'm down eighty dollars. You know. Tony's like, why don't you pull the plug on this project? I said, I can't do it. I got to keep going. So um, I was pissed, you know. But then I I, I did that thing where you, you scratch off that little code down in the corner just to be 100% sure, you know. 
and I scanned it with my phone, and it says, congratulations, you're a winner, $50. I was like, what the? So I went back, and I looked, and I missed one. I missed a number. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't realize. I mean, I, somehow I skipped right over it. So I thought I was a for us for like two three minutes. I thought I was a loser again, once again, and then instantly, quickly, I became a winner. <laughs> well, in 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 the scratch off world, fifty dollars. So that brings me now. I'm still down. I'm down thirty. So I'm fifteen weeks in. That's a hundred fifty dollars spent, and I've won one twenty. So I'm down thirty. So that helps. That puts that puts me back close to uh, breaking even. So anyway, that was pretty exciting. That's the most I've won so far. I haven't won anything beyond twenty prior to that. So fifty dollars. I was excited. Now I took it over to the place uh, where I bought it, and the guy goes, "Ah, uh, you know, I can't uh, can't cash it." I said, "He goes, how much?" I said, fifty dollars." He goes, "Oh, I could I could probably do that." You know, I was like, "What the?" Like these guys don't have any problem selling you these tickets. They don't want to cash them in, you know. Hey, so he, he cashed it out. He, he he gave me the fifty bucks anyway. So that happened. That's pretty cool. Keep keep up to, uh, if you if you're interested in this thing. It's kind of fun. It's it's developing. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do at least fifty two weeks. Even though Tony, every time I lose, Tony says, "Pull the plug on this bastard." You know, I'm not gonna do it. Um, so what I thought I'd talk about today. At the, at the website, I wrote this longish, pretty long update. The, lo- the last one was like less than, it was fewer than 500 words. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that one was like knocked out before I went to work. But today, I wrote a, a, a fairly long one. And the whole concept was I was going to write the craziest thing I saw at each of my jobs. Crazy shit that happened. At each of my jobs, that was the original concept. I was going to start from the paper route, all the way up to my current job. Although I was kind of hemming and hawing about whether or not I wanted anything about my current job on there, but that was the original concept. Each of the major jobs that I've had through my life, I was going to try to think of the craziest story that happened at each of those. Right, so I started writing, and I realized this is going to be if I do all my jobs, it's going to be like ten thousand words. You know, this is going to be like a, you know, this is going to be like a chapter of a book. It's not going to be like a blog update. So, so I limited it to just to the West Virginia jobs of stupid ass minimum wage, except for the the toll bridge. That wasn't minimum wage, man. I was raking it in while I was working for the city. You know, but anyway. You know, those stupid early jobs when you're young, you know, those those are the ones. So everything, all my West Virginia jobs, including the the uh, the paper route, which I had for many years. All right, so I wrote them, and um, that was that. But as I was trying to decide which story to tell, I realized, you know, I could have many others <laughs> for each job, you know. So I thought today I would uh, tell you another story from each of those jobs. I told you one story over at the website, which you can check out now. It's up there now. It's pretty long. It's about 1,200 words. It's pretty long for a blog post. And I'm going to tell you a second story from each of those West Virginia jobs, if that works for you. All right, so let's start with with, with the paper route. So I had a paper route from, like, I don't know, the age of, like, 11, 12, I don't know, all the way up to, I think I was, like, a 
maybe a senior, at least a junior in high school, possibly into my senior year, somewhere in that neighborhood. So I had it for a long time, you know, and um, it was good. I liked it. I mean, I always had money, you know, and it wasn't hard. It was the afternoon. We had two newspapers back in those days. So it, was, it wasn't the morning paper. It was the afternoon paper, the Charleston Daily Mail. So after school, it, I'd just go to the paper stop and I would pick up my papers and I'd go do my route, you know, and um, I had over 100 customers and I did it for years. I'll, I made good money. It wasn't that hard. You know, Sunday sucked because that was you had to go out in the early morning for that. That was the only morning one because on, on Sunday, the two newspapers combined. It was called the Gazette Mail or something like that. They combined the two because they had the Charleston Gazette, Charleston Daily Mail. So on Sunday, they combined and it was in the morning. And those things are heavy ass. They got all those ads in them and it's early in the morning. Sunday sucked. But the other the other six days, you know, it wasn't that bad. It took me like an hour, maybe an hour and a half. I don't know. An hour, it seems like, to do my route. Anyway, so... So uh, I did that for a long time. And the story today I'm going to tell you, I believe all this happened on the very first day, the very first day that I had my route. I had been out with the previous uh, paper boy who had that route. Well, actually, I went out with his mother because he bailed on him. She was showing me the ropes, this kid's mother, you know. <laughs> so... I knew, I mean, I'd been out before, but never by myself. Like, I, this was my first solo outing, and um, I was Steve was with me, my friend Steve. And, um, you know, we were getting near the end. We are up on 18th Street. That's the last street. And um, so we folded all the newspapers. You know, you fold before you—you you fold. We were folding as we walked. Some people fold them all in advance. Anyway— the, pap- the papers were folded, and you throw them on the porch, right? You underhand them to the on the porch, right? Some people today use rubber bands. That's for suckers, man. No way. There's a way to fold a newspaper that um, people, you know, of my age, my generation, they knew how to fold a newspaper. Now they put rubber bands around them, put them in a plastic bag like a prophylactic. No. These were just folded and um, you just toss them underhanded onto the porch, right? So, so we're at the we're on 18th Street. Final the all, the finish line is in is in sight, right? So we walk up to this house, and um, there's this uh, kind of an L shaped porch, L shaped porch on this house, and I just I I let loose with this beautiful high arcing toss with this folded newspaper. And the thing's like sailing. It's perfect. You know, it's going to come down right near the front door. A beautiful work of art, you know. But as it's uh, as it, it starts ascending or descending, as it starts descending, um, some old lady comes out of her comes out of the house. She's wearing a house coat, and she comes out and turns my way. Right, she sees me out of like I guess out of the corner of her eye. She turns my, right as she turns my way, the newspaper hits her right in the face. <laughs> this is my first day. This is my very first day, right? She does this thing where she's like windmilling her arms and she does a, like a couple of quick steps backwards. I'm like, oh my God, you know, I thought she was going to go flying over the railing or something. But she was like, you know, she, she, she was like, oh, you know, she had like a smudge on her face, the ink on her face. She's like, I'm fine. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I went running up to her. She's like, I'm fine. You know, it was, it was an accident. 
It's like, what the hell? I hit some old lady wearing a house coat, some sweet old woman, right in the face with a folded newspaper on my first day, you know? All right, so then a few minutes later, Steve, all right, he, he throws a paper up on this, on this porch, this house, uh, the Hensons, by the way, and um, he, he throws the thing up there, and it hits on the end, like it lands on the like on the end of it, of the of the rolled up newspaper, the folded paper, and it go it starts traveling end over end over end, like and it start it feels like it's like picking up speed, right? It's like it it's it sped up when it hit on the end, and just crashed like it sounded like a gunshot, like a like a you know, just like somebody shot a gun, and it just like crushed in the bottom the aluminum panel on the bottom of the screen door, <laughs> just totally crushed it in, right? And um, the woman comes, some woman comes out, and she's like, "What?" In the, you know, she's like yelling, screaming, and she's like trying to trying to kick the panel back into shape, you know. Um, and uh, we're, I'm standing over there going, oh, my God, this is like the worst. You know, I already knocked some lady, almost knocked some lady off the porch. I don't know if that woman did some boxing back in the war. I don't know. She like took she took that punch, man. She rolled with it. Now Steve just like collapsed the entire bottom of a screen door. This all happened on the first day, you know, and moments apart. I mean, they were like just moments apart. And she, that woman's out there like... Feels like she was shaking her fist at us, you know, and she's like, all while she's yelling, she's like kicking that that aluminum back into shape. So, so that's the that's the paper paper uh, route story. Uh, let's see, next on the list, toll bridge. When I was a toll collector, you know, nepotism. Nepotism's a wonderful thing. My dad got me that job. Hang on a second, let me check this. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't Tony. But anyway, um, what are we talking about? Oh, the toll bridge. Yeah, my dad got me that job. It paid well, and it was a toll collector. Yeah, it was, you know, pretty light lift in there. But anyway, the story for that one, eh. All right, so I had this, in junior high, I had this teacher, this substitute teacher who I, you know, she kicked me out of class for the rest of the year, you know. Like, she was a substitute, but she was, like, the, the real teacher got, uh, Something happened, some kind of health issue. So this woman was like a permanent sub for the rest of the year, right? I did something. I antagonized her in some way, and she kicked me out for the rest of the year. So um, she hated my guts. There was a lot of teachers that hated my guts because I was a little smart ass, and I was, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that was in junior high school. I mean, this is back in, like, eighth grade or something, right? A long time ago. Prior to this, you know, at this point... You know, I was like a senior in high school or something. I mean, this is like years had gone by, right? So this woman, you know, she came across the toll bridge one day, and she apparently saw me working there, recognized me, right? And she she circles back. Listen to this shit. This still still irritates me, right? This still still irritates me to this day. All right. So she saw me working there at this toll bridge. As a toll collector, she recognizes me, remembers me from four years prior at the junior high, and um, she comes back when I'm not there, talks to the manager, 
this guy named Dan Roy, who I called Droy, you know. She goes and talks to Droy and um, says, you know, Jeff, this guy's a ringleader. You know, I want you to, you know, keep an eye on him. He's trouble. Like, what the? Can you imagine doing something like that to somebody? I was a kid. I was like in eighth grade or something, you know. And um, and I'm she's like trying to get what she's trying to get me fired or something. She told Droy all these stories about how uh, you know, I'm a ringleader and all this, you know, you know, trouble, you know, big time trouble, you know. So I was like, so next time I went to work, he comes out and he's like laughing about it. He thinks it's hilarious. He goes, ah, uh, one of your old teachers stopped by. <laughs> you know, and um, you know, it feels like no. This is how it started. Like, um, so I, I came to work that day, and he comes out and he goes, "There he is, the ringleader." I said, "What the shit? <laughs> what are you talking about?" He goes, "What are your old teachers stop by? They says you're a ringleader." I said, "What?" He tells me the story, and I'm like fuming mad. Like, what? And what kind of crazy ass? Woman is this, you know? This is insanity. So, uh, so this must have been eleventh grade because Rocky's involved in this, right? So, um, Rocky's one year older than me. So, so I guess I was in eleventh grade. So, I was like, "What the hell is this?" You know? And um, he thought it was hilarious, you know. Droy, he's like, hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> he's telling everybody about it. You know, he's having a great time with it. So, um, so I'm pissed, you know. So then. I see her at the high school. She's substitute. She's a sub in somebody's class, a class I don't have. But I saw her there. I'm like, all right, this woman's, <laughs> this woman's got some payback coming, you know. So um, she went to class. She, you know, I was like scoping it out, you know, checking out her, her, uh, you know, the, the way she went, you know, when she went to lunch, and uh, just kind of like laying back in the shadows, watching, <laughs> seeing what how she handled herself. And um, it was it was winter, and um, she came to work in boots, right? And then she'd change into to sneakers or whatever. And I noticed when she went to she went to uh, lunchtime at the same time every day. So I went in there in her class when she was down in the cafeteria getting her lunch, and threw her boots out the window. She's on the second floor, right? These they look like they're kind of expensive. I don't know if they were or not. What do I know about boots? And um, but I, I hurled him out the window, <laughs> right? And Rocky was down below, and he was waiting on me down there, and he tied him to the the flagpole, right? He he attached them to the rope on the flagpole, which was right outside the window, by the way. So she's on the second floor, and he raises them up so that they're hanging right outside, <laughs> right outside her window, right? And uh, so you know, there's a big crowd, you know. There's a there are people watching. There's like a crowd building up in the hallway. So she comes she comes back and she has a tray of food, and there's people standing out in the hall seeing how she's going to react to this thing. And um, she comes in. She doesn't. She sits down. And she's like, what? She's looking around like, what the hell's this? You know? And somebody goes, uh, Did you bring some boots today? And um, she so she starts whipping around, like looking around, darting her eyes are darting all, and their boots are gone, right? And then somebody points out the window, and those those boots are hanging right on the flagpole outside of her window, and she, and she flipped out, you know. And then you know, and she 
she saw me standing outside. <laughs> she saw me standing outside in the crowd, and our eyes locked. Oh, it was a beautiful moment, you know. So Rocky ran her, ran her. I flung her boots out the window. Rocky ran them up the freaking flagpole, so that they were hanging right outside the window. It was awesome, you know. So anyway, the ringleader strikes again. Screw you. I think her name was Bennett or something. I can't remember. I think her name might have been Bennett. I don't remember. Crazy bitch. I mean, who in the hell would do something like that? It's insane. All right, the, the next one, fast check grocery store. It's a small little grocery store. No longer there. Dump. It was a, I don't know how they stayed in business. Place was filthy. But anyway, I worked there for several years as a bagger, bag boy, you know, stalker, whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, there was this guy. So all the bag boys were like, I don't know, 22 or younger. That, that was the age range. At one point, we got this guy named Brogan is his name. He's like 30. He's like in his 30s. He's older than us, you know. He, he'd been working at the uh, Volkswagen plant, making a bunch of money. You know, he's making good money. He got laid off. His life was in disarray, and he was spiraling down, down, down. He was like, I don't know how old he was, maybe like 33, 34, working with these 20-year-olds, dumbass, minimum wage. And he's, um, you know, his life's in disarray. He's drinking too much. He's a mess. He's like this big guy. He looks like he used to be a football player maybe, and he got a little soft, you know. He's very likable, but clearly going through some hard times. A lot of alcohol. <laughs> Just an enormous amount of alcohol. And um, he, so every night he would go over to a shitty old bar across the river called Smiley's. And he would just drink himself into oblivion. And he would have, he, he would claim to be batting all these women over there, like having sex with these women. And was like, where? Like in his van, he would like, he said he would have sex. With, he'd pick up women at this bar, Smiley's. <sighs> I mean, this is not a like a high-end establishment, you know. And um, he had this, he had one of those old vans, those '70s type vans, you know. Was I don't know, it was a, probably had like a unicorn spray painted on the side of it or something, you know. You know what I'm saying? So he, he would have he he claimed to have all this, you know, luck with these ladies, you know. I said, how old are these? I don't know, 40, 45? I'm like, good Lord. You know, it seemed like old ladies to me at that point. So, um, you know, and there, there was this one guy who was very skeptical, and they were like, I don't believe this. You know, I don't believe this for a moment. He goes, well, you think I'm lying? He goes, yes. He goes, there's no way. He goes, all right, well, I'll prove it to you. So he brings in this cassette deck. <laughs> he brings in a cassette deck, and he's like, he plays. He goes. He could get. He has everybody gather around, right? And he has this woman on. There's some woman. Uh, you could hear. They're they're both so drunk. They can. They're like slurring. It's it, the whole thing's despicable, you know. And um, he re, he recorded the whole es, the whole escapade without her knowledge. So they're having sex in this thing, and it's like, oh god. Even back in those days when I was young and stupid, I was like. There's something wrong about this. This is not cool, you know. But um, so he, he was playing, playing that, and it's like going on and on and on. And then um, he was like, he was like, oh wait a minute. He starts fast forwarding. 
He goes, I would get to the good part. I'm like, what the the good part? So then he, he fast forwards and, and, and then starts it back up again. You just hear somebody like pissing, you know. I was like, he goes, oh, I went a little bit too far. I'm like, what the? So this is a this is a romantic evening, <laughs> you know. He's like standing outside, like outside the van. Oh God. So anyway, so this that's that's one part of the story. There was also later. I mean, this guy was like spiraling downward. Um, later, the uh, store made this announcement that all the bag boys and all the cashiers, all the male cashiers, had to start wearing ties. Really, what? Like everybody had a problem with it, you know. It's like this place is a dump. Now you're gonna start making us wear a tie. I mean, how could that's not gonna that's not gonna class the place up? Everybody's bitching about it, but he was like, he was really raising hell about it. He's like, I'm not wearing a tie, and they were like, they told him that if unless you come tomorrow when you come to work, if you're not wearing a tie, then you can just go home. You're fired, you know. So. So they threw down the gauntlet on, on old Brogan, you know. So the next day, he comes to work wearing a tie. However, he's not wearing a shirt. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He had no shirt on, but he had a tie around his neck, right? And they're like, all right, go out to your van and put on a shirt. Because he'd park his van out there. Like, he'd go to Smiley's, and he'd park his van on the parking lot. You know, we'd go out there and bang on the side of it when it was time for him to come into work. <laughs> and he'd come in, and his hair be all going in every direction, smelling like booze. He's like, uh, you know, he's like all unshaven, like hungover. But anyway, so so they said, go out to your your shitty sex van <laughs> and um put on a shirt. He goes, I didn't bring a shirt. He goes, ah. Oh. So they were pissed about that. So all right, all right, you're gonna clean up this trash house. Is this thing called the trash house? It was on the back of the store. It opened to the outside. There was no access to it from the inside of the store. There was like a room on the back of it, of the building. And they used to put shit in there, just like trash, like old like produce and stuff. They would put like crates of like old cabbages and stuff that was out of date and stuff. Stuff was all rotten. There were flies in there. It smelled to high heaven. It stunk. And they just throw that stuff in there and just close the door. You know, out of sight, out of mind, stunk. If you just walked by that thing, it smelled terrible. There's flies buzzing around. They said, all right, you're going to clean out the trash house then. He was like, all right, whatever. So he pulls his van over there, puts the speakers up on the top. He has these, like, house speakers in there, puts them up on top, starts blasting Van Halen. He's got, like, a snow shovel. He's, like, shoveling all that filth out of there, disease, and God, who knows? I mean, that's where... You know, anything, any disease that we got past, you know, in, in, in human history, it's probably alive again inside that trash house. It was disgusting. But this was Brogan you're talking about. He didn't care. You know, he's out there like, he's out there like blasting Van Halen too, you know, <laughs> you know, with a snow shovel. He's like covered in filth. So they they were like they didn't like that. They wanted him they wanted to view it wanted him to view it as a punishment and he was like having fun. So they went out there and told him he had to turn the music off and he got all pissed, right? So um so there was a sign. It came off of a uh, wine display. It was a sign with a wooden stick attached to it. So it looked like a sort of like a protest uh sign, you know. Except it was advertising wine, right? So he goes to the front of the store. He's shirtless. He's covered in filth. I mean, he's like 
covered in, he stinks to high heaven, right? And he's walking up and down the sidewalk with this wine sign over his shoulder. From, from a distance, it looks like a protest sign. And he's going, higher wages, better working conditions, higher wages, better working conditions, you know? So, um, so they fired him. I never saw him again. <laughs> Brogan, man's a legend. The guy lives on. He was like a legend probably at, far after I was gone. So, um, yeah, I wonder what happened to him. Eh, good guy. Eh, having a few, you know, having some life challenges. And the last one, I think I talked about this once before. I kind of hesitate to even talk about this, even though it was 30-some years ago. It's this Exxon convenience store. There was this guy in there. He used to come in there. He, he didn't work there. He used to come in there. People used to hang out in there. It was like a social place. I don't know who hangs out in convenience stores, but there was a group of people that hung out in there. This one guy came in there all the time. He had some big redneck truck, had all kinds of like lights and shit, had all kinds of aftermarket add-ons, you know. That thing was like super expensive. He was still making payments on it. He wanted to get out from under it. He tried to sell it. Nobody would buy it because it's ridiculous. And, um... So he was always in there bitching about it. And he goes, so there's this other guy who had this beat-up piece of shit truck that worked there. He he worked there. And they were like, you know, they're sitting in there at night. It's the three of us. So those two guys are like, you know, maybe we, you know, maybe we could work something out here. And they, so they concoct this thing where uh, this guy who owns this fancy truck, well, fancy, but, you know, expensive truck, would leave it uh, unlocked. Right, leave it unlocked right up in Charleston somewhere on some random street, and um, leave it unlocked, and uh, leave the key under the uh, leave the key in it somewhere. And this other guy that I worked with would go up there and quote steal the truck, right? And he would, and and then um, he would strip off everything he wanted from it for his truck, which is a piece of shit, right? And um, and then this guy, the first guy, would get the insurance money, and he'd get all these extra parts. And I'm sitting there like, I don't even want to know about this. This is like fraud. This is insurance fraud, you know. Somebody's going to go to prison for this shit, you know. Like, I don't even, I don't know why they were talking about it in front of me to begin with. I mean, if I was cooking something like that up, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be bringing other, like, loose ends in, you know what I'm saying. I guess they trusted me, you know, which is, I don't know, flattering, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, but they did it. I mean, they did the thing. They they went up there. The guy went up there and, and, and uh, stole the thing, stripped off all these expensive aftermarket things, you know, and uh, set it on fire, <laughs> put it on fire, just like set it on fire, and the insurance company paid it off and, Nobody got caught. Nobody got in trouble. It's crazy. It was like 30-some years ago. It's insane. To the, to this, I, don't, I still hesitate to even talk about it. It's, a, it's crazy. You know, the thing about that is I don't remember anybody's name. You know, anybody that was involved in that, I have no idea what their name were. Their names were, you know. So, I don't know. It was a million years ago. Crazy. <laughs> Another crazy story. All right. We're at the end of this thing. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want two of these a week instead of a measly one, head on over to Patreon.com. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Jeff K. 
sign up for a $4 or more monthly donation. They call it a patronage, but I, don't know, I feel like that's a little pretentious. I call it a donation. If you want to donate, keep you know, support my efforts, you can do that at the $4 a month level. Put it on a credit card, and you won't even notice it. And you'll get an extra episode every week, an extra episode of this podcast every week. So if you want to do that today, do it patreon.com slash Jeff K. And if you want to be a part of the show, you can call the hotline. The number is 570-290-8151. Again, 570-290-8151. Just leave a message, ask a question, make a comment, whatever you want to do. And I'll probably use it in a future episode. It's an easy way. The last episode, the last main network episode, we have four calls. And, you know, they really add to the show, and it's fun, and everybody has a good time. And uh, if you want to be a part of that, do it today. Also, if you want to send me an email, send it over to surfreportpod at gmail.com. And as I mentioned, I wrote, you know, I, I wrote an update today with uh, other, four other stories from those jobs. Was it four? Yeah, four. So if you want to read that, head on over the main, to, the, to the Surf Report page, the WVSR.com. So you'll get four additional stories, including uh, over and above the ones I told you today. <laughs> from the from the paper out, the toll bridge, the fast check, the Exxon. So if you want to do that, head on over to the, the Surf Report website. All right, we're at the end. Thank you guys for everything. I'll see you soon over on the Patreon side. Until then, have yourselves a fine, fine day. I'll see you. Bye. Sodomy and the Lash.